And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, a special edition. Welcome back to a special edition of one of these years, Detroit Lions podcast. I'm, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Colton Pouncey, and guest this week, former co-host, original member of the cast, Chris Burke. Got the whole group here, three-man booth. Colton, how we doing? I'm doing good. Uh, back from New York. Uh, little Johnny, that? the Jets fan, didn't get any ice cream. <laughs> the Lions uh, <laughs> stopped that from happening. Still can't believe they pulled that out. But uh, hey, they did it. They're 7-7, and and uh, the playoff push continues. Colton's birthday weekend in New York was successful for all parties. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. is back with us again. Chris, how are things? Uh, I'm doing well. I was trying to remember what the best record the Lions had when you and I recorded one of these podcasts. Oh my God. <laughs> it had to be like, well, they were never probably like two and oh, like three and two yeah, or true. something. Uh, maybe in the early, uh, <laughs> like 2020, of- like the start of the 2020 season. I always um, forget. I always forget that they won, um, as many games as they did in 2020. Like they were not. One in fifteen. Like I have the, in my mind that they were basically winless. They were three. Yeah, I mean they were three and three that COVID year. They and were they three were, and three. Yeah, like they and were, they won that last second game in Atlanta to get they to five hundred. In somehow, I don't uh, know. How. You know what's yeah. funny? People ask me like, "Oh, when was the last time the Lions won three row games in a row?" And I was like, "I figured it'd be a long time. It was twenty. That was it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that Bevel got the job done there at the end? Yeah, like oh god. They won four play they won four road games that year and then they went one and seven at home. Uh, yeah, because somebody they got somebody late in the year that like was hilarious. It was right after Patricia got fired. And they that was the Bevel. Bears. They 100 yeah. beat the was. Bears was the at Bears. the end of the year, and, and that was when everyone was like, "Oh, maybe Bevel should be the head coach." Yeah, we're and like, then, I don't think so. But and <laughs> then the, the rest of the year was a disaster. But. Well, that's a nice little segue into what I want. What I guess we wanted to talk about today. Uh, Colton had brought it to uh, my attention the last time we had Chris on for the full show here. Um, the Lions were one and six at that time, <laughs> and I'm not it was, sure I should be here. It was right after they traded TJ Hawkinson. Um, I believe Aubrey Pleasant had not been fired yet, Colton. Was it right before that? I think it was probably right before that. I don't think we talked with Chris uh, about that. I think it was right around that time. It was so right before or right after, yeah. We, we we did one of the things where we're like, okay, we it was like mid-season, right? So it was like we talked yeah. about this before the season. Let's have a reset in the middle. It's not going well. What's going on here? <laughs> Since then, of course, things have changed and I think if you go back, and it's interesting, and we'll talk with Chris here in a second about all the things that have changed, but I think if you, you were to go back and maybe listen, and I haven't, to whatever we talked about then, I would bet that a lot of the conversation um, revolved around, like, boy, I understand the frustration, but you're just going to have to be patient, everyone, <laughs> because like I, I yeah. think that better days are ahead, but this is where I want to start with Chris, like... I think when we all talked about this, you know, whatever that was, one and six, I think we all uh, assumed and thought better days were ahead for the Lions. And but my question to you would have been, did you expect you not you're not expecting this, but like what would you have expected the rest of the way this season? How what was your expectation level realistically? Where did you think? Yeah. I guess this was headed as we were sitting at that point. I mean, I think when we talked about them in the off season. Like b- both right before and right after Colton uh, switched over to the beat. I mean, we yeah. talked about him as like a seven-ish win team, right? I think so. Yeah. You were sort of looking at those results, and especially a way the way that like the Vikings game, the Dolphins, um, what was the other one? Oh, the Seahawks. Like the, yeah. they had some of those losses where they definitely could have won. So you were looking at the schedule and the way it kind of eased up uh, eventually, and thinking that maybe. I, I didn't think – I mean, I still thought they could get to six, you know, something in there and just be right. respectable down the stretch. I didn't – yeah, I mean, I didn't think they'd be sitting 
500 going into Christmas Eve, but I think they were, <laughs> um, I think they were outplaying their record at that point. Yeah, at least, I think that's fair to say. You know, as a unit and offensively, so you sort of wondered like. Are they going to get a couple here? But at the same time, like that was right before that Packers game that they definitely could have lost. And uh, right. if you lose that one, <laughs> we might, I mean, who knows what happens? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that this was a team that was, I think I said seven, maybe eight. And if you get a couple breaks, you're right in it. And so that's about where they are. I, I guess it's sort of found its level here, but it just, it, it was kind of a roller coaster to get here. Colton, I would ask you the same. Like, I know we talk every week about this, but like, if you can think back to, I mean, did you see any way that this would not be just a dismal, oh my God, they're going to win like three games? I mean, I I kind of still thought they would get to five or six. I don't think this would happen. Yeah. I, I'm curious where, where your head was at, at that point. No, I mean, this, this, the second half of the schedule definitely set up for some wins yeah. there. Like, I thought they would beat the Jaguars. Um, honestly, like even when they're one six, I, I thought they could come back and beat the Vikings because they almost beat them the first time. Exactly. That was yeah. like games like that where I'm like, the NFL tends to even out. Like if you have a rough first half, sometimes you just go off in the second half or vice versa. Um, sometimes it's a little bit more even throughout the season, but that's just sort of the league. So I figured, you know, they would pull out maybe five, six wins somehow. They scrap them together, but I don't know when you're looking at them at one six and you know. They, they were in some games, but they weren't able to win them. It was kind of like, well, now they just have to go out and do it, right? It's like mm-hmm. they play the Packers after the Dolphins game. And yes. if you remember, for Green Bay, that was supposed to be a get-right game. Like, even Aaron right. Rodgers was basically talking about that. And then they <laughs> shut them down, not. kicked them off. <laughs> like, they did their thing and won 15-9, I think. And at that point, you're like, okay, well, let's see them go on the road against Chicago. Jan Campbell had not won a road game at that point. They go in there. It was a tough one, but they got they pulled mm-hmm. it out 31-30. Um, and then the Giants one was like the big test for me, like a road game against a playoff team. Like, how are you going to respond? Like, you got some nice wins. Those teams aren't as good as we thought they might be. Okay, let's see how you can do against the Giants. And then they went out and did their thing on that point, too. So I'm just like, okay, so now we're seeing things even out. We're seeing, you know, we're not as crazy as we thought. <laughs> yeah. Like, with some of the games early in the season where we're just like, they're close, but they can't pull them out. But... They're getting there. You just got to see them do it. And they started to do it. And, I mean, they've kept going. Like, I didn't think that they were going to win this Jets game, honestly, in the back of my mind. Right. Even as that one was playing out, I was just like, something's going to go wrong here. In the fourth quarter, Jets took the lead. I'm like, there it is. And I didn't really think the Lions were going to come back. And they had that that drive on, you know, the fourth and one play. And I was just like, this is different. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they've officially turned the corner, in my opinion. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy from where they were at one and six. And the last time I had Chris on, that's why – um, I wanted to get his, him on and just talk about <laughs> yeah. what has happened. What, what it's like it watching all, all from the stuff. Yeah. No, you are the reason. We'll give you credit. You're the reason. Yeah, yeah. you're the reason, <laughs> yeah, right? Clearly, it's uh, what it's like. What boys have been like? I guess Chris watching this from afar, seeing them go one and six to now six and one. Their last seven games. Well, it's weird because um, when they were on Hard Knocks, I had like friends of mine giving me crap like wow why'd you get off right before they got yeah, fun right, yeah, and then right, they started yeah. one in six and i was like see well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now it's come back around again and they're god it's a good thing you got off the beat you must have been the bad luck term. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that that part's been uh entertaining but yeah i mean it's um i think the thing that stands out probably for everyone is just i i was with you i i mean we were even on slack during that fourth quarter Sunday, I did not think they were going to convert that fourth down. I did not think they were going to, I mean, it took them three minutes to go 25 yeah. yards. It's like, what are yeah. we doing here? guys? Um, Goff used that random timeout in the middle of that drive. Like, yeah, the bright, it's just like, right drop. Yeah. It started to feel, it was feeling like, like a 17, 13 loss that puts you back, you know, like almost like an old lions picture. game. Yeah. It felt like an old Lions game. It was just not. pretty. It was just ugly. Um, and so I think that the thing that stands out is just that, yeah, the number of ways that this is happening now. Like that, you dial up a perfect fourth and one play to Brock Wright, who takes it 50 yards. You convert right. the first down to bury the Vikings with Sewell. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that Bears game, uh, too. That I mean, I, yes. that yep. Giants game was we'll a turning point, sure, for sure, because that, that Giants team is um, pretty – Decent looks like it's gonna be a playoff team, but that Bears game, 
Um, and they, I'm trying to remember the locker room videos they tweet out, but like that's a game that they lose 95% of the time over the last yeah, probably like higher six, than that, seven years. So that was one to me where it's like, oh, all right, well, maybe some of this stuff is is sinking in. And so now you're seeing seeing it all click. You're seeing them fairly healthy relative to what they've been. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been it's been fun to watch happen because I don't think it's cheap. I think that's the biggest thing. Like this Jets one feels like they stole one a little bit, but I mean, they they were better than the Vikings really both times they played them and they dominated the Jaguars and they were they really went into New York and won that first game against the Giants. Like that was a uh, a well-earned victory. So I think that just the number of ways they're doing it and the fact that it's not just – it doesn't feel fluky. Like it feels legitimate. Like if they get into the playoffs, the Vikings or the 49ers or whoever are not going to want to play them no. the way that they're going right now. I'm I'm going to go on the other side a little bit here and say that I, I'm actually – this has been a weird – team for to watch because I still have all that Lions stuff in me too. You know, the old I'm just like everybody else that has watched the Lions for a hundred years and remembers and just like everybody else in that game, <laughs> you knew, right? The Lions have lost that game a thousand times exactly that way. But like this team, apart from that, I try these days to try to look at these teams just for what they are. And like that win didn't surprise me just for what the Lions have been on their head. Like what the they have been for the last seven, eight, whatever weeks. Like Frankly, I thought that, that that game ended about how it should have, uh, all, all things considered. That's how the Jets have been, a little unstable and a little erratic. And the Lions have been the team that you just can't quite kill. Like that's And now, as, we, as we've talked about, as Colton said, they've come up with ways to sort of not just be the team that hangs around and that you can't kill, but like while they're hanging around, they're chipping away at you. Like the game that everybody points to, uh, as a turnaround here, I think, is that Green Bay game, of course, the win. But the game Campbell talks about a lot is the Cowboys game, the Dallas game, which, Colton, I think that was before the Miami game, right? That Correct me if I'm yep. wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Miami game was a disappointing, like, they did not, it was a rough day, didn't go well, not what you wanted to see. The Dallas game ended up as a bad, like, score, but that was actually a, they played well that game. They played hard. Uh, I remember they made some adjustments on defense that game. They, you know, they uh, got Okuda more involved in the run. They got some confidence with him. They did different stuff. And I remember thinking that day, like, I think they're going to be okay. And I'm not going to go against my, like, gut with this team anymore. Because, like, they were hard in that at one and six. Because I was like, they're better than this. But it was hard to say that to people yeah. because you were like, They'd be like, shut up, you know, it's Lions. But I'm like, no, I I watch football all day. All year, That's all I do. Like, okay, I know that they're better than this. They're better than one and six. I promise you. That's why, like, these last several weeks, Colton and I have been joking, like, every time we come on, you're like, oh, they did it again. We accidentally did it again or whatever, right? But it's like, I just, I think that there's something different about this coaching staff, and it has been there uh, and every time we have Chris on, it's a good time to remember back to the start. It's been there for me since the start. There's been something different about these guys, I feel like, since the very beginning. And I haven't been able to shake it, I guess. And it's like, and that's why some of this is surprising to me. And some of it really isn't. Because I really do think that some of this is just sort of like the Lions finding their, themselves on their own time. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, what, how do you think they would have done, you know, if they had their mojo now against like the Eagles or whatever at the end of the year? And I'm, I don't know, because I think that their story is this. They had to go exactly through this, this way, this how. And so some ways, like Chris, yes. you, you get where I'm, where I'm, where I'm saying here, because some of this isn't surprising to me. Some of this is almost like what I expected from them uh, when we really studied it at the very beginning here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree, but I also. <laughs> understood that oh yes one and six where you're like all right well are they ever are they going to turn the corner here is to just feel like they're going to turn the corner at some point you know they still needed to to figure out a couple and i think i mean a lot of these guys were a lot of the players on this team a lot of the coaches were not here you know when this was the the lions of old um but there is still the you still have to get through that even that jet like the Jets miss that field goal, and you pause a second, like uh, yes. someone jump off sides. They get a leaping penalty. Like, what <laughs> random thing is going to happen here? 
Um, and so I think that just to get through the learn how to come through that yeah. is, is big, but yeah, I mean, I think that the trajectory felt like it was headed this way. I think when we talked, you know, at some point in the spring about like what the ceiling was with golf as quarterback, you sort of looked at like cousins and the Vikings, like yes. that always felt like what you could be, they yeah. could be that type of team where it's like, oh, they don't look like Super Bowl contenders on paper, but if the quarterback's playing well and the defense is a little opportunistic. You've got some guys that can make some plays. That's that's the type of team you can be. And uh, yeah, it obviously took a little while to get there. But um, I, I, again, I don't think this is this is false. Like this is mm-hmm. this is who they are. They're probably a little better at this point than I thought they yeah, could be fair. this year. But I, I don't think it's way off. Like it doesn't feel like it came out of nowhere necessarily. Right. Other than I the think record, that's my yeah. I would ask Colton the same thing because that's been my vibe. It's been hard to put your finger on, but that's probably what it is. To me, this doesn't feel shocking. It doesn't feel like it came out of like left field. And a lot of people, I understand, and I, I think we're we're seeing now. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Numbers on the old podcast are going up. People are coming out of the old woodwork. Some of the Lions fans. <laughs> well, that, some of the that, Lions. But I also I also think you're seeing uh, a lot of. National voices, we'll call fair. them, who have not watched this team watched a lot, the team a lot. Yeah, <laughs> for the that's past fair. few years, and now they're like, "Hey, but what's do, going on there?" I do think that, and we're all we all live here. I do think that some of the old curmudgeons uh, in Detroit <laughs> are starting to be like, "Okay, well, maybe I will give the Lions my attention a little bit for the first time in a long time," and that I think is creating some of the shock. So, Colton, I've got two questions for you. One, do you agree with what I just said there as someone who now lives in Detroit? Two, this isn't shocking, right? Like, this isn't out of left field. You can answer them in any order you want. But to me, yeah. this isn't really stunning. I definitely see people coming around to this team. Yeah. Uh, they're a little hesitant. Even my, my comment section. They're like, still I, hesitant. I, I read those. Right. I, I, but I, I go through those comments. And, I like, beginning of the yeah. year, like, it's funny. I should probably go back. At the beginning That's of the actually year, would be a good stuff. Yeah. where they are now. Because, like, at the Eagles game, they're just like, same old Lions. And I was like, the Eagles are a good team, guys. Like, I hope you guys know that. And you see it now. Maybe not back then. Right. Um, so it's stuff like that where I'm just like, okay, I'm seeing these comments like, okay, well, maybe this team is different. It's, like, progressively shifted well, yeah, over, over the course time. of the season to a point where now it's like, I got people writing BNL, brand new Lions, brand in my comment section. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> like, BNL. they're trying to change. I think... Yeah. I think Campbell went on a McAfee show and was talking about it a little bit and was uh, okay, there you go. like BNL. feeding into it. So the brand new Lions, it's a thing now. Um, but honestly, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's – this run is certainly like surprising to me, the fact that they've won six out of seven yeah. the way they did. I thought maybe you can get like three, four games during the stretch. But for them to go six out of seven and be in a playoff spot essentially, they're, if they beat the Panthers and the Seahawks lose to the Chiefs and the Commanders lose to the 49ers – the Lions could be the seventh seed before Christmas. Mm. Like, that's certainly a possibility at this point. And it's baff- that part is baffling to me that they've done this that as quickly crazy. and as drastically yeah. as, they, as they have. But the play style, what they're doing now, that's they're playing clean football for the most part. They're yeah. limiting penalties for the most part. Um, Goff is getting the protection that he needs to let it rip. Um, guys are healthy. You see the impact of Amara St. Brown. You see these young dudes stepping up. You see some veterans like Alex Anzalone is actually playing some good football now. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these dudes are stepping up in the ways that the coaching staff always thought they could. It was just a matter of time right. and getting them there and allowing for some growth. And so I looked early in the season. They were competitive in some of these games. I'm just like, it's really only a matter of time. We might see it towards the end of the year. We might have that stretch where it's like, okay, they win like three games in December. You end the year mm-hmm. with some momentum. Cool. Like you can take that in 2023. What they've done so far, like, they're setting up expectations big time for next year. They can make a playoff push this year. Um, Like, that part is surprising to me, but the style of play and what we're seeing, that is not. That's just the coaching staff. That's what they believe from 1-6 and to now 7-7. and So, none of that has really changed in their opinion. If you ask them, they say, honestly, not a ton has changed. Like, we're just – we kept saying what what we wanted. We kept our message consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys are starting to execute what we're asking them and – that's really what it boils down to. So I'm not really surprised by um, a ton of the things that I've seen. I think there are a couple things that this has revealed. Three, one, Campbell is a good is a good head coach. I think he understands. I think we all we I think we've all thought 
he has the potential to be a good head coach. I think we can say that still. And I think everybody would agree with that uh, now at this point. Or if you don't, then you probably just aren't. You don't want to, I guess, or whatever. Two would be the Jared Goff part, you know, and I think his part in this, we'll talk about that in a second. But the third part here that keeps cut ringing home to me every time you watch Lions play is that they have drafted really, really well the last two years. And there are exceptions, I guess, and they're, you know, basically because of injury. Like Levi is is the only guy we really, and Iffy are the guys that we talk about you know, in that, like, well, that hasn't happened, but it's really because of they've been hurt. And and Pascal, I suppose, too. But, man, like, there's just... Across the board, right, Colton? I mean, we see it across the board. The Lions' best players are their young players, are their first- and second-year players, the pillars of the team, the best guys who are going to be here for the long term. And that's why I think this is this feels different, right? This feels sustainable. It feels real. It doesn't feel fake. It does, and it to me, it doesn't feel like something that's just going to disappear into the mist next year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like all these young dudes, um, Jameson's coming back now. He's lighting up a DB every chance he gets, basically the few snaps right. he gets out there. Um, you're seeing Aiden. He's been doing his thing all year. He's been consistent. Right. He's been arguably the defense's best player. Kirby Joseph is a turnover machine. Um, James Houston's come on now. He's my God, <laughs> like yeah, the I best mean, sack artist in the league the last like four weeks. Right. That's crazy. Throwaway um, pick that they cut actually, and you know <laughs> kept or whatever. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're seeing these pieces come together, which is really remarkable. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you guys. You guys were confident in kind of this regime, like, mm-hmm. and you were buying stock early, and a lot of that I assume had to do with Brad Holmes and you know his eye for talent, uh, Campbell and his coaching staff. Like when you look at the bigger picture. Where do you see this going and what has this year done for, yeah, I guess, to make this a foundational year? For me, it's it's confirmed more that I already, you know, because you never know, I suppose. You can only go on, you know, your own instinct, right, of like what you think is a good player, what you think is good. And my whole thing, I guess, has always been like Holmes's um, idea of a good player at pretty much every spot on the field uh, kind of is exactly what I would Agree, you know, it's like I feel like the same way. I think about football. I feel like the same way that he does, which is to say, Brad Holmes thinks about football the way that you know a modern person thinks about football. And I think that that is he's a smart evaluator of talent. I think that we have Chris and I would agree. I think that early on that was pretty evident, especially from his Rams, you know, history on some of the picks they landed there. But every draft pick along the way, you know. St. Brown is the one that we talk about a lot, but like every, even Aleem McNeil, you know, yeah. guys that they took, you're like, oh yeah, like, hey, I, that's a good pick. You know, it would just be like, that's not, it wouldn't necessarily be like, holy shit, like, look at this guy, but it would be like, yeah, no, that's a really good player. Like, that's not a bad football player. At minimum, he's going to be a impact somewhere. He's going to do something for you. And like, it was just one after another, after another, after another, every single pick. There wasn't one that you were like, well, that was dumb. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> And I, for me, that's been the thing that's ring true the whole way. And I and I think that we were just saying there, like all the guys that are the pillars of this team now, that's what's held up for me. And I think that's where the confidence com- comes from. It's just a matter of like, for me, it's still, and I guess I'm curious for Chris's input on the same thing. For me, it's still the little things like how, who are you, who are you going to sign? You know, when the time comes to do that, like this summer, maybe like, what are you going to do there? But mm-hmm. the confidence in just are you good or not like that's so big and not everybody has it <laughs> and i think brad holmes actually has it so yeah but i'm curious yeah. chris's thoughts on the same thing i mean i think it it's probably gotten overblown at this point because we've yeah. talked about it so much but I, I think the reason we thought it was different is and everyone who was there like in the building every day thought it was going to be different it's just like it felt different <laughs> like it was even when they were bad, you could tell that they still like enjoyed being around each other and wanted to play for this right. team. And that was so much different than what had been going on before. And so you, it was just a matter of can you carry that over long enough if you're not winning games for the talent to kind of catch up a little. And I think that, like you guys said, that sort of started to happen at the start of this year. And then whatever, you know, it clicked with that win in Green Bay or against Green Bay. And, and so I think they're – they're kind of there. I mean, long term, 
again, it doesn't feel way off what we talked about. Like this was the year where you sort of build up and then next year you go in and it it probably has raised the expectations. People are going to be picking them to win the division next year, probably at this point. Yes. Um, so it's maybe raised the expectations. I don't think it's it's changed necessarily the direction a whole lot. I think that that third year always was the one you say, okay, if you can get year two to be pretty good, year three might be the one where you really take off. And they're still kind of right there. But like Nick just said, I think that this is like this is always I think the hardest part. Like getting from being terrible to being decent is doable. Getting from being decent to being like a perennial contender. Right. is tough and that's sort of where you go back to like well is Campbell going to get better at game management mm-hmm. can Holmes like can Holmes do this without just draft picks like Nick exactly. just said like can he pull yeah. off a big uh you know you don't have to go out and make the trade like the Rams made for Stafford but can he get a couple guys who are going to put you over the top I don't know that we've seen him do that necessarily uh in free agency or, or via trade he's obviously made some nice finds like bugs and Oh, yeah. Jacobs and those guys. And that will always be there with him, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I think that that's the next step. Like, can you get to the – Campbell said it too. Like, you – even if you're good in this league, you eventually need those, like, elite top-level mm-hmm. guys. So, can you get enough of those? And so, I think that that's the next step here. And whether you this is going to be – you know, whether you settle into, like, this Jim Caldwell era <laughs> – Right. Where you're good every year, but, yeah, not, great, but not great, or whether yeah. you can actually take the next step is is still uh, to be determined. But I think they're, um, I think they're probably a, a little bit ahead of schedule. But it, again, as we've been saying, it's not like this. It's like oh, this like we thought Campbell's going to get fired or something, and now all of a sudden it's turned the corner. Like it still felt like it was coming at some point. It's just a matter of whether they were actually going to do it or not. The biggest thing, and I'll say this before we go to a break here, um, the biggest thing that I remember thinking about right when they took the job and right when they traded Stafford was, okay, uh, you're starting over. They're going to give you this year, which was 2021. The the fans are probably going to give you 2022. That's not guaranteed. This roster has to be ready to compete for a playoff spot by the time the 2023 season kicks off. And I remember at the time being like, that is going to be really freaking difficult. <laughs> yeah. And I would say with pretty much no doubt, that's where they're at. And I think that that's a pretty good step there. Do we agree? I mean, that's a good – they've done that. I think they they covered the ground that needed to be covered, and it was an awful lot of ground. But to Chris's point, this is now – now you're right in the same spot as everybody else in the league, you know, dealing with actually having to go from being like – the parody part of like okay to great, but now we'll see what happens. But anyway, we're gonna take a quick break here and come back on their side. I want to talk a little bit about Jared Goff um, and then also uh, the, the stretch and whether or not the Lions can actually make the playoffs. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back. One of these years talking Lions down the stretch here. Uh, playoff drive <laughs> for the Lions, which is still something that I guess we can't really say with a straight face. But in any event, it is happening. We have Chris Burke here along with Colton Pouncey as well. Uh, and Chris, I wanted, while we, while we have you here, um, Jared Goff is another conversation. We were actually talking before um, we recorded, and I tweeted actually this morning. I never thought I would tweet this, uh, but like a, Goff might be a Pro Bowl snub. I think he kind of maybe is a Pro Bowl snub, right? I think that that's at least debatable that that he did, you know, that he's a snub. Um, and so I'm, my question to you is um, your thoughts on golf this season and then your your thoughts. And you've always been the golf defender, I would say, on this program. Anyway, I've never been that guy. <laughs> I had my I had I had my <laughs> mea culpa uh, a couple weeks ago. I apologize to everyone or to golf. <laughs> But no, I mean, like your thoughts on golf this season, and then in, in long term, like what realistically yeah. do you think this looks like for him and and the Lions in general? I don't, I don't know that I've been the defender because I think we well, both I mean, were at a no point. one was the defender, but like most people were like, this guy sucks. Get I think we here. both were at a point last year when we were like, we got to see Blau yeah, once. Right. Like, let's one get a Blau started. <laughs> um, oh God! I think it was more. Uh, I think it was more defensive. The the plan that they kind of clearly had laid out right. um, yeah. and that everyone the whole really seemed like they wanted to overlook was just yeah. the, it was going to be, it was two years. Like you deal with it for two years and figure out what it is. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, in terms of the Pro Bowl, like I think he could have gotten in there. Um, I was, I told you I was surprised he was the third alternate. I thought he'd be a little yeah. higher than that. We were trying to even figure out like yeah, took beyond minute, yeah. Cousins, Gino, and uh, Hertz who the other guys would be. Um, and I think we, would we settle on Brady Rogers, and Rogers, Brady, I don't Prescott? I don't know about that. <laughs> I said but... Prescott and you got mad at me. Yeah, so, I don't know about that. Um, he's been better than all those guys, though. I think right, so. Right. I think yeah, that's the right. argument. I think he's played well. I mean, I don't know that it probably didn't. I guess he had the game winning pass uh, Sunday. Like, yeah, that, I don't know how much this past week played into it. Cousins, <laughs> the biggest comeback in NFL did. history, yeah, and right. golf played kind of crummy in New York. But right. um, yeah, I mean, I think like like you go again, not to always go back to like the first days of this regime, but when they made this trade, it was never. We think he's a guy that can carry us. It was we can win games with this guy. That yeah. was it. That was what they told us from the from the start. We can right. win games with him. We've seen him win in this league. If we put the talent around him, he can win games. And so that's I think where we are. And like that's they've what's got happening. A, yeah. They've got a decent team. Uh, he's not making um, a ton of mistakes. That that Dallas game, what they had, they had like four or five turnovers in that Dallas game. But since then. You know, they've been taking care of the ball for the most part. He's hitting some big plays here and there. So I think you're getting – I just don't know what else – like this is always what the conversation comes back to with golf is, is there more than what you're seeing, right? right? And I think he's clearly better now this year than he was last year. But does that – is there a lot of ceiling room between here and the ceiling for him or are we kind of right at the ceiling? I think that's the conversation that – they're probably having, they're going to continue to have as long as he's their quarterback. Is is he going to elevate us beyond where he's elevated us so far? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's a good NFL quarterback, and I yeah. that's probably that's fine. Fair. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I mean, I <laughs> agree. can you upgrade that? I mean, that's always going to be the conversation, no matter who your quarterback is. Well, like, can we yes. get better there? I think that, and that conversation changes every day. And it's also a matter of, for Goff, I think it's twofold. It's like, is there more on the other side? You know, I don't know. We'll see. But also, like, he has to sustain this. He can't go back or go backwards or dip or fall off or anything like that. Which leads me to my next question here for you, Chris, which is, because Colton and I have talked about this a lot, um, you know, what do you do 
with the draft this year, you know, the quarterback situation, we've gone from, you know, oh my God, they need to go all in and cash the chips and go get Bryce Young to, well, no, that probably doesn't make any sense to probably need to get a guy somewhere. But like, what, how do you, I don't know. To me, it's almost like as long as golf is playing steady, I, you need to draft a young quarterback to be your backup or whatever to invest in for the future, just to invest in for the future. But like, as long as he's playing steady, I'm not, really worried about can I get more out of him I just I yeah. just I don't think they're there yet but like I, I know that's a question people have I don't know what your thoughts on all that well I think the other part of this is what does this look like for him if Ben Johnson is gone next it's year gone. yeah right. that's <laughs> is he still yeah. this guy or right. is this a Ben Johnson creation of Jared Goff and right. I don't that's a Which hard question fair to, to answer too yeah I don't know right. Colton you guys probably I'm sure you've talked about this but like What's your sense there, Colton? Like, if if golf's the quarterback next year, but Ben Johnson is not the offensive coordinator, that's a good question. Is this regress terribly, or can he stay where he is? That's a great question that I haven't put a ton of thought into, but it makes sense. I mean, I don't want to say golf is a system quarterback, but they have sort of tailored everything to him to fit his strengths, and that's all Ben Johnson. Some Dan Campbell, obviously, but I guess my question would be whoever takes over for. For uh, Johnson in that role, is he just giving the playbook? Is he like, you know, is all the stuff going to stay the same? Because if yeah. it is, then I think you, you could still get a decent level of play out of golf. But, you know, if Ben Johnson was the mastermind behind all this and he just packs up and leaves and they don't really have any backup plan and option, you know, any backup plan uh, right. available, I, I kind of wonder if golf is going to be the same guy. And that's a question that, you know, Brad Holmes probably has to think about too. Um, but at the very least, I mean, I still think they should get a quarterback in this year's draft. Like whether it's, um, you know, developmental guy or some guy to just groom as a backup. Um, I think they need someone Mm -hmm. regardless. So, I mean, yeah. And I think that Goff has earned sort of the right to show us that he is or isn't that guy with with or without Ben Johnson, if that makes sense. Right. Like I think he's, uh, not just us, but I think he just more importantly, most importantly in the locker room, I think that we've seen over the last few weeks, the and you know maybe this season i think all year really that the team is um started to play around him more you know like there wasn't really not any leadership there last year and i don't know how there could have been but this year it's certainly been something that he even in the spring you know it was he was out there every day and everything was super important to him you could tell how big of a deal this was but to chris's point like a lot <laughs> every time he would talk it'd be like me and ben are doing this or Ben and I have thought about that and it's like okay well what if Ben's not here man he's kind of slowed up on that talk because he realizes that Ben is (laughs) becoming a hotter name in this league because that was all spring and summer it was like yeah Ben and I've got some great plans you know and it was just like yeah yeah and and Colton brings up the point where it's like he's not a system quarterback because the Lions don't really run a system they run a they run a like schematic offense that's like a series of Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell created situations, right? That like mm-hmm. they put that they that they sort of like build to make sure Goff's never out of a comfort zone. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily that they're running an offense that like is perf, you know, if if they change this or that, he wouldn't be able to do it, but it's like it's the feel. It's literally like Ben Johnson and Campbell I think have a terrific feel of like what Jared Goff is going to do if we call this play and what he's not going to do. You know what I mean? Like if we call this play right here, 60-40, he turns it over. If we call this play right here, I think we're going to be okay. Like that to me is the Lions offense. And that's something I really guess I hadn't thought about as much. Because I, I've thought people ask us all the time about like, what if Ben Johnson leaves? What if Ben Johnson leaves? And my answer to that is like, well, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal as people think it's it's going to be, but it's certainly going to be a big deal because whoever you bring in is going to have to have the right touch. I, I think that's lessening the – I think Campbell has a big impact on all this less or more than people give credit for, but you cannot discount Ben Johnson's feel for – right, Colton? I mean, like yeah. the situations this year, and the Jets game is the latest example. But every, and, the, and Chris mentioned the Sewell pass. Everything is built – in like sort of like rhythm and it's been just terrific to watch. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ben I, Johnson does a lot to set things up as we've seen, you know, mm-hmm. he'll come back with one play, toss oh, play yeah. to the left, come back, do something to the right. You know, 
the game that, winner the, was set yep. up. Yeah, I think that part you'll probably miss if he were to leave. Um, mm-hmm. But Goff's been a successful quarterback like before Ben Johnson, and I think he can do it without him. You know, if he if he continues yeah. to leave, yeah, and I think so. Move on in his career. I mean, I'm I'm in that camp that like doesn't necessarily understand why the idea of being a system quarterback gets so yeah, much crap on frankly yeah. <laughs> like i think I it, agree with that it's too. still you still have to be a good quarterback uh, to work within a system when stafford <laughs> was here and joe lombardi was the offensive coordinator yeah that was terrible stafford <laughs> was garbage in that offense <laughs> and then they brought in jim bob right. cooter and they like tweaked it around what stafford could do and it was better so i think like every quarterback has some of that um mm-hmm. But I, the other thing I just wanted to sort of reiterate is what you said, Nick, is that I think – and I don't want to take anything away from Ben Johnson. I think he's doing an awesome job. The players talk about him enough that yeah. he clearly is the driving oh, force behind a lot of this. Smart, but yeah. Campbell's like, oh, shucks. I wasn't even watching. I didn't even know we were doing that. Like, like all this stuff is kind of bullshit. Like, yeah. I think oh, and we yeah. know that too. Like, I think he has – a. Pretty big hand in what's happened here on offense. I think if Ben Johnson leaves, he will have a pretty big hand in transitioning right. to mm-hmm. Tanner Engstrand or whoever is whoever the next offensive, is. Yeah, quarterback, right. an offensive coordinator, uh, whether it's interior, inside or outside higher. Um, and so I think that that's an important point to note is that this is – his imprint is on this too. This isn't just a Ben Johnson offense that Dan Campbell's team is running. This is a Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson offense. So – some parts yeah. of it will still be there. Um, it may not work exactly the same, but I don't think you're going to lose the entire thing where you have to like completely scrap the playbook and start over. So um, that is some of that is Dan Campbell's own cre- creation. Like he does it by design to play stop. off his role. Totally. But uh, yeah. I, I do think that that is something that needs to be mentioned time and again here. If ben Johnson does leave. <laughs> Colton said, you said it needs to stop. You I said, said he Campbell's- needs to stop because he goes on McAfee and then says the stuff and people are like, oh, Dan Campbell's an idiot. And he's not like shaking. Yeah. Like, he's clearly joking, but people don't get that because it, he's like know, a pro wrestler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's trying to be entertaining. He's trying to be funny. I get Performance it, art. There are people that are going to take him seriously and like also not give him the credit that he deserves and also design his <sighs> offense with Ben Johnson. So, right. I don't know. I get yeah. it. It's funny, but I'm, part of me is just like. Man, if you keep doing this stuff, people are going to be making kneecap jokes until 2040, and it's going to be ridiculous. I'm yeah. already over it. I mean, for us, it's going to be – he does not care. Yeah, I don't think right. he cares. I know. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that I tried to, like, tell some people on that day that he went on McAfee, where I was like, you got to understand that he's on there with Pat McAfee and, I don't know, A.J. Hawk. A.J. Hawk, talking yeah. To. And so he is talking to an audience of two. Not two million or whoever else is those two guys. He's trying to get those two guys to laugh in that moment, like. And yeah. he said the thing about whoa, they were doing the wave, and you could hear them like pop about that. It was just like okay, but yeah, it's like it's across the board. It's all it's like his style, and it's also sort of what endears him. But it's like it's 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 good for us to remind people. End of last year when the Lions fixed the offense, and you know pulled it out of the the dumpster. Um, Campbell was calling the place, more or less. Mm-hmm. And when Chris and I were at the Senior Bowl, I think it was, this winter, he Campbell was still kind of like, I might call them this year. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if Ben's ready to do that yet. I will decide. That was kind of like, he has these weird, these little moments where he'll like remind you like, oh yeah, he's not an idiot. <laughs> like He knows what's going on. Yeah. And like Chris mentioned X, Tanner Ekstrand, I... Wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a plan down the line for how this is going to go. Dan Campbell has known Ben Johnson for 15 years or whatever it's been. Like, uh, I think that is also something that people um, really downplay is his connections in football. Uh, People that he knows and people that know him and people that would work for him. Like, remember, Chris, like when they got Aaron Glenn and we were like, holy shit. (laughs) We were like, I can't believe they got like that's. I wouldn't rule out, and you know, people. I think people assumed when they hired Ben Johnson. Well, that's because he can't get anybody else. And well, no, that was because Ben Johnson was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. I get all that consternation, and it's a fascinating question, and it will be fascinating if Ben gets another job or whatever. Um, 
well, that, know. That's, that's what when we, when we were writing, like going back and putting together, you know, coordinator wish lists or whatever, when he needed right. to hire guys at the start and then um, when he needed to figure out the offensive coordinator thing, it was, that was like, it, it was very hard because you had to go back to like 1994 and figured out if he like ever had dinner ever with some guy in Texas yeah. that was like a genius. <laughs> Or party um, with a guy because yeah, <laughs> he just ha- he does he has those relationships all over the place where like he calls up someone mm-hmm. it's like you want to be my offense coordinator and they will jump at it so there's yeah. probably are I don't that's why I said I don't know if it'll be necessarily an internal move there might be some other Ben Johnson like guy out there Somewhere that we are not thinking about yeah. <laughs> that Campbell uh, has has been in communication with and been bouncing ideas off of for the last decade so yeah I mean I think that that too. Uh, goes into this whole uh, kind of story of his regime. It is, it's, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a he fascinating conversation. He's really, he's a really fun. And all, he really guy is. And all the guys that talked to us um, about him all said, you know, Dan's going to need a good staff around him, but he's going to need a good staff around him for like you know for procedural stuff for you know stuff that <laughs> little things. But he is not. But he can coach anything. Like that was sort of the vibe. It was like, but he's not going to need somebody to give him ideas. Like it's not going to be. And that's what I think. My lasting answer on all of the Ben Johnson stuff because we get asked about that a lot. Like this offense is going to be like this as long as Dan Campbell's here. I think it'll be a Sean Payton influenced uh, scheme scheme and matchup over system and you know whatever. Always and when in doubt, run the football. Like I think that that's just going to be who they are. I think they have an identity. That's what it is, and I think that's sort of what it'll be. And I guess because that, yeah, that's an interesting question. It gets brought up a lot, but we'll see where it goes. But anyway, before we wrap up here today, Colton, we've got some uh, playoff stuff to discuss here. Um, can you update us on the current situation? Like what has to happen? What doesn't have to happen? I, like I. There's a lot, and a lot can change, but uh, where are things sitting today at this hour? Yes. Um, There are a lot of moving parts here. Uh, Do you want to know what the Lions' uh, playoff percentage, uh, playoff odds would be if if they win uh, this weekend? Right. Per per our guy, Austin Mock, it would go to 72.2%. With a win. Oh, whoa. He's very, his, his model's very high on the Lions right now. Austin Mock is scaring the shit out of all of Detroit here with these. Yeah. He has been high on them for a while. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously they got the Panthers this weekend. That's a game that they should win. Um, I don't want to say it's a guarantee because yeah. it's a team that's still in a playoff hunt themselves, right. trying to get the NFC South, playing for Steve Wilkes, all that stuff. Uh, but that's one that you should probably win on the road. If they do, and the Seahawks and Commanders also lose, and they've got tough teams against uh, the Chiefs mm-hmm. and 49ers. Again, the Lions will be in the playoffs. Like they will control their own destiny at that point with two games left in the season. Um, I, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of getting there, man. Like I was hesitant. I was still hesitant even last week. I'm like, okay, if they beat the Jets, let's see what happens from there. They did it, and so now I'm just they did like, do that, yeah. Man, like their path. They have the easiest path by far of all these teams. Um, yeah, they really do. I think that's the best way to say it. Winning out would require them to go win nine of their last ten games, which still feels unreal, but it's it's possible. <laughs> um, the Commanders have a have a decent schedule down the stretch. Uh, I would say that the Giants are probably in at this point um, with that win over the Commanders Sunday night. Uh-huh. So I think their only concern right now, Commanders, Seattle, and the Packers are not quite Here they out come. yet. I mean, there's a scenario Here where they the, come. the Packers went out, they could be in. And that, especially that last game, like they need to beat the Lions in, in week 18. That would set up for just an incredible game. If these other teams, the Seahawks and Commanders, kind of flame out towards the end, it yeah. could be the Packers and Lions competing for the seventh seed, which I'm sure uh, we need that. That needs to happen. Chris doesn't think Lions want fans that. need that. <laughs> you know, I found it interesting that. Well, a lot of people did, right? That Aaron, uh, that Aaron there, he knew the Lions' record after the game there on whatever night it was. He's like, well, one of them's 500, exactly. Yeah. I think he, I think Aaron knows that he gave him one and he sparked this because he played like shit 
in yeah. that game, if we were recalled. He admitted it afterward. He was like, well, guys, I was horrible. I apologize for that one. He Did was, he, though? Because he was also like, well, I threw some bad balls, whatever. Like, they didn't really well, do much. I can't, that's as far as you're ever going to get him yeah, to right. admit yeah, that he played bad. Yeah. And um, I do think that there might be a little bit of that. And there was some, like, somebody had asked that, like, a couple weeks ago, like, well, maybe the Packers won't need him and they'll just sit him. And it was, oh, I don't know about all that. I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing whether their uh, playoffs are on the line or not. But, yeah, no, I it, when you said, Colton, that if that scenario plays out, if they win this week, which is a winnable game for Detroit and uh, Washington and Seattle lose, which they both have games against teams that Tough I would probably games. pick them to lose against, yep. um, then they are in control of their own destiny. That is crazy. And that, I think, would scare a lot of people because that that's familiar territory for Lions fans where it's like, well, we've seen that before. And we've seen how it ends, where it's like, all you got to do is go out there and win one of these against a team that's not that good. Can't do it. You know, like, that's where that, and you got to do it twice. The Bears are going nowhere. Is Fields done for the year? Is he going to, is he still playing or is that? I think he's still playing. Um, Is he? I don't think he, is he banged up? I don't think so. If Fields is playing, I don't Yeah, that's a scary one too. I don't love that. He's the the one man team. I mean, you can rush for 150 on him. He had a beat before. That's a like, scary that's, one, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing people, I think, have chalked that up as like a, well, the Lions are going to beat the Bears. It's like, I mean, they, they down much 24 lost 10 to at them. Point in that one? Yeah, yeah, like the, the they <laughs> snatched, you know, victory from the jaws of defeat or whatever. Like, that was one of those type of days. So, I don't know. I don't know. Chris, where are you at on all this? you think that this is going to actually, uh, Colton keeps saying it like, yeah, we said this like four weeks ago. Like they would have to win nine of ten or whatever to get in. And if you think about it like that, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> there's no way nine and one <laughs> in their last ten games. Yeah, what the right. Hell? Like right. it could be due for one, right? Like I don't know. Right. Maybe That's... I don't know. I don't know where you at on all this. Right. As you were talking, I was just playing around with the like ESPN playoff machine to figure out how they could clinch before they get to Green Bay in Week 18, which I think <sighs> is a thing that, that is can happen. Uh, it is. But, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're <laughs> they're a 500 team that's playing really well, so you you can't really look at any of these games and say, well, they're they're what two point favorites this week, three point favorites. Like the Panthers aren't playing terrible football. No, no. Um, like that's not a, and they're a game out of first. Like right, right. They this want, is a huge game for them. Right. That disaster yeah. of a division. This is a huge game for Carolina. So they're probably looking at this the same way. Like, yep, we can get this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, then Chicago, you know, I mean, you're probably going to get a decent shot from Chicago if Justin Fields is playing. <laughs> yeah, um, Fields is out there for sure. And Lions fans have seen the Bears ruin a season or two as well yes. for Detroit too. So, um, yeah, I mean, all of them are winnable and all of them are Loosable. a little scary because you're in December playing for something. Um, right. Which this is, I mean, you want them to be scary at this point. You want to be here. You but, want you want them to matter, right? You know, you're not going to be a two touchdown favorite in any of these games. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I like looking at it. I think they should win the next two, and then if the Packers are still alive, that last one would be. I mean, that Colton, you might be getting flexed to Sunday night in oh, yeah. Week yeah. 18. I was going to say. Uh, because that could be for the last playoff spot. So who knows what happens there. But I I, I also think the Packers are going to lose to the Dolphins this week. Uh, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> know. If they lose one game, they're out. So, uh, yeah. so who knows. But, yeah, I mean, I think that they've got a sh- – they obviously have a shot to win all three. I think they should feel good about the matchups in all of them. But, you know, to, I'm not going to guarantee they're going 10-7 no, and, no. and heading to the playoffs. But it – it is crazy to be talking about. I mean, you look at the, the way Colton laid it out. Like, they should be in the playoffs after this weekend if, if they, they can win. take care of business. Yeah. Like, they it should feels be. like it. So, yeah. oh, that's insane. St- Steve Kornacki is going to have them at the top of his board <laughs> there. On, right, Colton? On Sunday night, I would imagine. Probably. Do you wanna, I, have, I do have the, uh, the playoff odds of all the teams right now. I can okay, yeah, really go good. ahead. So Lions right now are at 57.6. Um, if they win, that jumps up to 72.2. Um, Which, yeah, the, pretty good. The Giants are currently at 77.6. Um, even if they lose to the, the Vikings this weekend, 
um, they still have a 71.2% chance. So they're pretty pretty much, pretty much firmly in, in yeah. at this point. Um, they just can't you know lose out, basically. Uh, the commanders are only at 38.7. If they win over the 49ers, that bumps them up to 69.2. A loss drops them down to 24.7. And then we've got the, the Lions Seahawks. have that tie break. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks, um, they are currently at, well, they were at 61.3 before they lost last weekend, um, last Thursday. Now they're at 19. <laughs> Oh, so, my God. Yep. If they lose, they drop to 11.1. If they win against the Chiefs, they drop. They rise to 46.6. So they're still – they've got a lot of work mm. to do. The Lions are – like looking at that, you have to think the Giants are good. And the Lions, if they win this weekend, are in a great position to make the playoffs. They just have to, you know, take care of business down the stretch. I, I just – I say, think that the – yeah, I, it's pretty crazy. And I think that the, the ultimate lesson here is that the – uh, the thing that I think we landed on Colton, like after the Jaguars game, before any of this really became like something people were talking about seriously, <laughs> playoffs was like the health of the franchise is is strong here. Like it's in a good place. That they're pointed in a great direction because the thing we haven't even talked touched on this here today. The fact that this Rams pick is going to be in the top six, we'll say. I, I would, you know, Chris, is that right? Top sure. six. I doubt it'll be out of the top six, but probably top five. I think we can almost comfortably say that at this point. They're going to have two picks in the top 20. They still have a ton of capital on the back end of that. Like, and, and, like, your need list is shrinking almost every time you play. Like, the when we talk after games about, well, they still absolutely have to do this, that, and the other, like, the absolutely's are a lot smaller these days, are they not? Like, when we talk about well, they definitely need help here, here, and here, it's not as many definitely's. There's like, well, they could use help here, here, and here, but they probably would be okay also here, here. You know what I mean? Like, would you agree with that, Colton, as we sit here and wrap up today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can be a little bit more selective now. I think guys like Kirby, have, yeah. you know, do you need a safety? Maybe not, because you have Kirby playing. You know, he's going through his rookie issues, but he's working them out. Um, other guys are kind of stepping up. The receiver room looks pretty healthy right now. Like you look around this team, like there are fewer and fewer glaring spots. There's still some that you can pretty much shore up with maybe a draft and some free agency fill-ins, but um, they're at a spot where they they have to be feeling pretty good about where they are right now. Chris, are you ready for uh, Lions draft season here? We're, uh, we're almost I'm there. always ready. <laughs> I have to be ready now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it it should. It's definitely going to be fun. I think that's part of the golf discussion too is that they've been yeah. able to part of the reason that they maybe can stick with golf if they want to is because you have how many of these guys contributing are on one-year deals or rookie deals like you're right. not busting it's the not cap anywhere um, and then if you go the other direction and you draft a quarterback does that mean you're going to spend another 20 million in free agency so that's right. always part of the conversation too but uh, yeah i mean i i, I think for uh we can we can just lean into the football for a little bit here. Like I'm happy yeah. for Lions fans um, that this is happening. I looked at so my uh, oldest son is like all aboard. He's drinking all the Kool Aid, <laughs> and at two and two and six, he was like, "We're gonna make the playoffs." I'm like, there it okay, is. relax. <laughs> so I looked uh, for tickets for that Bears game, and the cheapest seats right now are like 230 bucks okay. a ticket that place yep. so if they win this week i like that place is going to be yeah it's going to be off the charts like it's only been once or twice since the building is opened mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Some the monday our, nighter uh, against the bears a few years ago and like mm-hmm. the first five minutes of the jets game <laughs> after patricia got hired uh <laughs> it's just going to be insane in there if they can pull it off this week so just for like the fans' sake and like <laughs> the struggling sports market that Detroit has been, oh, um, yeah. they it would be a lot of fun to see them get to next week and have have this still be rolling along. Some of our fellow athletic Detroit writers also looked in at getting tickets for that Bears game. And <laughs> saw the prices and we're like, nope. <laughs> well, I gotta say, yeah, Chris nailed it. James into the press box. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't help but feel because, like. Yeah, nobody puts up with more, right? 
the, the Lions fans. Uh, it's been happening all year. I think Taylor Decker has told a few of them where to go, but also welcome them back on board. And I think that would be my final message. It's like <laughs> Lions fans are weird, and they get hurt by the Lions a lot, and they swear them off, and they say, I'm never coming back, and blah, 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 blah. If you know a person in your life that has decided they're coming back, leave them alone and just let them come back and enjoy it because this does not happen that often. Uh, Campbell says it. They need all hands on deck. Chris just set it up. If they win this week, that game in at Fourfield next week would be probably, yeah, one of the more festive non-Thanksgiving environments since the building has opened, I would imagine. So... Lions in a good place. Colton, are you you're not going to be in Carolina this Sunday, right? You're not going I will not. I will be with my okay, family. Um, You'll be with your family. God. That's good. We'll come back to <laughs> But we will talk about this game next week. Sorry to all the Lions who have to play on Christmas Day, of course, but in any event, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everyone out there for Chris and Colton. I'm Nick. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.